This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, October 11, 2007. I'm Caleb Brown. Why do government-run health care programs work so hard to prevent enrollees from spending their own money on their own health care? Attorney Kent Masterson-Brown argues in an upcoming Cato policy analysis that Medicare and Congress have taken actions to prevent many people from seeking medical care that they fund by themselves. The analysis, The Freedom to Spend Your Own Money on Medical Care, a Common Casualty of Universal Coverage, is available October 15th. You argue in your policy analysis that the freedom to spend our own money on medical care is a casualty of universal coverage, but right. that is a freedom that most people are perfectly willing to give up. They don't want to spend their own money. They want to spend your money and my money. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, that historically has has been the case, and it has been the case since the rise of uh, third-party payment in, in health care, where even prior to Medicare, uh, private insurance companies were uh, promoting the idea that they would take care of your health care costs. And of course, you would pay premiums during the course of the year, but would be insulated from the real costs of the health care you were receiving. Um, and this, this same model has been uh, 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 used by Congress and the uh, Healthcare bureaucracy to um, to really uh, put Medicare together and to enforce Medicare, and the idea, of course, is to is literally uh, there's a huge benefit to everybody, largesse to everybody, if uh, they can create a system whereby you are in fact insulated from the costs, and it's a it's it's popular in the sense that you know large numbers of people like this idea because then they don't have to spend anything. And in fact, uh, some of the major companies in this country like this, they actually advocate that uh, that Medicare be expanded to cover everybody because it takes that cost off their books. So, I mean, it is a, a ever-expanding interest in having uh, the central authority take care of everybody's health care costs because it relieves everyone of being confronted with it. Um, what that does, though, of course, is the danger it poses is is precisely the danger you see in Medicare, and that is they'll then prohibit you from using your own money to pay for services you think are necessary to you. It will mean you've lost all your privacy in that every claim, every medical service provided will result in a claim being filed with the central authority to adjudicate whether it pays it or not. And um, hence, the amount of medical care you'll get, the quality of the medical care you'll get, and the confidentiality and privacy of that medical care will be forever lost. Describe describe how this is played out in Medicare. Well, it, it, it's played out simply in this. I mean, when Medicare was first enacted in 1965, um, there were two provisions that protected it seem, seemingly protected citizens from having decisions about their medical care being made by the federal government and guaranteed they'd get the physician of their choice. Um, yet as Medicare has evolved, um, first by bureaucratic moves, um, 
the Department of Health and Human Services tried to restrict uh, the ability of private citizens, Medicare beneficiaries, from using their own money to pay for health care. And, of course, that resulted in a lawsuit um, I represented the plaintiffs in in New Jersey, which sought to enjoin the government from restricting them. And there the court came to the conclusion that it couldn't find where the government was actually restricting it, accepting the argument of the Justice Department that there were no explicit prohibitions, when in fact there were. And immediately after that case, they amend the Medicare manual, um, carrier's manual, to prohibit citizens from using their own money to pay for health care. Um, sub, uh, subsequently, uh, Senator John Kyle introduces legislation to try to free that back up, and Congress takes it and emasculates that provision and turns it into Section 4507, which not only restricts the use of uh, citizens using their own money to pay for health care, but in order for a physician to provide a medical care uh, outside of the Medicare regime, he would have to disenroll himself by signing an affidavit saying he will not accept Medicare payments for two years. Uh, so consequently, if you're a Medicare beneficiary, you cannot uh, use your own money to pay for health care you believe might be necessary, but the uh, government refuses to acknowledge uh, is necessary. And um, uh, now we have been able to, in a subsequent lawsuit, free that up a little bit in the sense that uh, the government now is basically in a position where it can't sanction a physician for providing what otherwise would be, in the government's terms, unnecessary care, even though the doctor thinks it's necessary. Uh, they can do it under what's called an advanced beneficiary notice, but still the claim has to be filed, even though the private, the, 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 the Medicare beneficiary is paying for the service himself, you've got to file a advanced beneficiary notice and the claim has to be filed. So there's no privacy, but the doctor is free from being at least sanctioned for providing the service. Now that could change at any time, and uh, a new secretary could come in and shut it down. Uh, which, of course, would have to prompt more lawsuits. But you can see where this sort of thing is simply restricting people's ability to get care and uh, the care they want, the care they think they deserve, all because um, this country has bought in to the idea that they can use the government largesse to take care of things they don't want to see. So, I mean, there's a huge trade-off. And... Um, it's being played out both here and in Canada. And, you know, Canada, they've actually voided a provision of the Quebec Health Insurance Act that prohibited um, beneficiaries up there, Medicare, benefit, they call it Medicare there too, from getting up, 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 making private payments for health care services uh, because the lines up there are so long that their citizens were being denied care because they couldn't pay for it themselves, which, of course, has also happened in Britain. And there the Canadian uh, Supreme Court voided that provision, saying that that denied care. So it, it, you can see in every circumstance where we've got a national scheme um, where uh, uh, people are getting their health care paid for, there is also a systematic refusal on the part of the government to allow citizens to pay for care themselves, and that has, has historically resulted in people not receiving the care they want.
outside of the system of Medicare, how widespread is this type of restriction? Well, it is certainly prevalent in Medicare. That covers almost 50% of the people in this country, which is huge. Now, in the private insurance, if you're a uh, someone not on Medicare under 65 and not among those who are uh, the special circumstances that Medicare covers, and you have private insurance, you know, you can pay for whatever you want. And that's historically been the way with insurance is that, you know, an insurance company really doesn't want to tax its resources if it doesn't, if it can't help it. And it would encourage people to pay for things themselves uh, because that saves on the common pool. And um, but in Medicare, of course, it's it totally baffles my mind that they want to come in and restrict people from paying their own money for health care when they know that system's going broke. Why do they want to tax it? Um, but that's the way it is. And um, and, you know, again, in the private sector out here where you just got private insurance, um, you know, you're free to do whatever you wish to file a claim or not. And that's how it should be, and that's how it actuarially makes it sound. But uh, don't ask me to to understand the ways and means of government. They just want to control how you get it and who you get it from and what you get. Politicians running for president are lurching toward some kind of model that would embrace universal coverage. Yes. To what extent is this a part of their stated plans? Well, that is the, it is their stated plan. I mean, and... You know, you can start with um, Hillary Clinton. Um, this was her stated plan in the health care reform she tried in 1993. Um, it has always been her stated plan, and it's been the stated plan of those who, who uh, endorse her. Uh, the great foundations that support this sort of reform all uh, advocate uh, this sort of restriction and um, if the citizens uh, of this country uh, buy into this, what it will mean will be a serious diminution in care. And um, uh, you'll be restricted to simply what you get. And consequently, just like in the two cases I've handled uh, in the Medicare field, what happens is your care gets rationed. And um, the Canadian Supreme Court found that the long lines turned it into a rationing device. You drew lots to see who got the uh, who got the surgery that 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 month. If you didn't, uh, your lot wasn't drawn literally. You didn't get it, no matter how bad it was. And that's what will happen here, undoubtedly. Attorney Kent Masterson Brown is author of a new Cato policy analysis: the freedom to spend your own money on medical care, a common casualty of universal coverage. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. Read more on healthcare freedom at our website, cato.org.